So we've had several listeners reach out and ask for tips on how to start a podcast. When we started this journey over a year ago, finding a way to record and produce the podcast was at the top of our to-do list. Enter Zencaster, the ultimate web-based podcasting solution that allows you to record, produce, and publish studio-quality content all from one dashboard. It's now super easy to record a podcast with Zencaster. Log in using your browser and start recording a high-quality podcast right away. Record studio-quality sound and up to 4K video with your guests. Feel a sense of zen knowing Zencaster's multi-layered backups ensure you always have your recordings in the highest quality, even if the connection's unstable. Have you ever worried what you sound like? Zencaster's post-production process makes you sound buttery smooth. It can automatically remove those ums and ahs in your recording, as well as those awkward pauses in conversation too. Set the right podcast loudness and levels while reducing background noise with a click of a button. Go to Zencaster.com forward slash pricing and use our code BTMM30 and you'll get 30% off your first month of any Zencaster paid plan. We want you to have the same easy experiences we do for all our podcasting and content needs. It's time to share your story and happy podcasting. Hi guys, welcome back to Book Talk Made Me, the podcast where we talk about all your favorite books from Book Talk, Bookstagram, wherever you're getting a good ass book. Girl, we want to talk about it. So today we are back with part two of Fourth Wing, the book that flew into our lives unexpectedly and we are here for it. I'm Caitlin, joined by my host Bridget and Hilda. Hi. Hi. And like I said, we're getting into part two of Fourth Wing. So if you have not read this book and you're like, what what book are we talking about? Also, what rock have you been living under? Because it's been very popular. But mm-hmm. also, flip back over to episode one of this two-part series. So you can get caught up in the world. Hilda did a great job of giving us this five-minute recap. The world building into it so you kind of know the sites, the people, the college, the names that we cannot pronounce. But dear God, we're going to try. Or not. Oh, I feel like or not. Or not at this Look, point. Attempts are made. Attempts are made. Are they good attempts? No. No. Absolutely not. Um, but we're trying, you know? Names are never our strong suit on here. So it's just on brand for us. And this was like an extra – this is like a college Double level. fuck. Yeah. <laughs> like an ocean. I'm just smushing names and moving over. All right, so if you guys have liked hearing what you're hearing, I'm just going to do a quick shout-out before we get into the book recap for part two. But we'd love to, for you guys to give us a review, give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. It means the world to us when you guys do that, and it really helps us find our group of people who are our, who are our book talk people. We want to find them. We want to love them. And your rating review helps us do that. If you're not really good on words, just the five stars will do. You know what I'm saying? Just the five stars and, like, you guys rock. That's all. That's it. Chat GBT it. That'd be great. Chat GBT a review, throw it on there, boom, you're done. Yeah, don't forget my Leo moon needs validation. <laughs> yes. Hilda, Hilda needs to be validated. So please do that for that reason only. Please. All right. So let's get into what happened in this book after they crossed the parapet. Where are we, Hilda? Okay, so basically we've we're just at the beginning of the book because we talked a lot in the five minute recap should come as a shocker to nobody. Um, So after having Jack by the balls with her knife, Violet comes over and she's like celebrating with all the other cadets and Dane finds her and he like pulls her and Rhiannon aside. And he's basically like, hey, uh, Rhiannon, go tell that redhead or whatever that you two are going to be in my squad. 
And he takes Violet up to his room, which is a major no-no because she's just a cadet and he's a second year. uh, So she can wrap her knee up and she needs to like, whenever she has any type of injury, uh, she tries to like hide it because she doesn't want people to be aware her physical limitations so that they don't take exactly so that they don't take advantage of her. And so, you know, they're chit-chatting away. She's like trying to flirt with him. She's like, oh my God, Dane, he's gotten so dreamy in this one year that we haven't been able to talk to each other. And she's like, I hope he kisses me. And he's just kind of like, he's kind of like, yeah, um, I love you. Not in those words, but he's like, this is a great time to get you over to the scribe quadrant. Uh, so you can go on over there. It's going to be fine. Great job. You passed, but you need to go over there. And she's like, no, I crossed the parapet. Like, I'm going to become a writer. And this is the problem with Dane, amongst other things, is that he constantly thinks that he can make decisions for Violet. And he tries to convince her to leave to the scribe quadrant at least two more times. Two more times. He says it's to help her and protect her. But really, it's about controlling her. So, like, honestly, fuck that guy. I had it very bold in my notes, and I'm probably going to keep on saying that. So Zayden is a wing leader because he's a third year and he makes Dane's switch, Dane switch squads to go from second wing to fourth wing because he wants to keep an eye on Violet. Violet's like, oh, it's so he can kill me faster and easier. Um, but whatever. She's also a little paranoid. Uh, I don't think she's paranoid. I think she's she's right with that. He does want to kill her. And so does everyone else. I don't think he ever wants to kill her. He wants to keep an eye on her. I don't think he wants to kill her. I beg a differ. I think at the beginning, he that was one of his options, and everyone expected him to kill her. So he was playing the part, and she was believing it. I have to laugh. I have my Monsters, Inc. in my head, and like, I'm always watching you, Wazowski. <laughs> like, that's, that's how Kowski. he is in my head. Mike Wazowski. Um, I'm always watching you. Um. Okay, so there's a lot of training exercises in this book. And we learn quickly that Violet isn't physically strong, uh, but she's mentally strong. And she has a book from Mira, which was written by her brother Brennan, uh, which has a ton of advice. Uh, So she learns in advance who her opponents in sparring are going to be. And she decides that, hey, I probably can't beat them. I'm going to go ahead and poison them um, so they're sick and can't really fight me. Um, Because, again, she's like, I'm going to injure, not kill. There's a class at the college called Battle Brief where they review battle strategy and go over recent battles. And basically, you know, they let the cadets know um, what they can that's not classified. And of course, because it's a thinking class, Violet does really well in it. Um, the other important thing about Battle Brief is that the all the riders in the quadrant attend and it's not separated by like first, second or third year. And we also learn in the first class that the wards are failing every now and then. And they try to make it seem like it's not a big deal. But if this thing that's protecting your kingdom is constantly, like, going down, like, wouldn't you be worried? I'd be worried. Yeah. That was my first hint. I was like, ooh, something's going on here. Why are they not, like, treating this with more importance? Um, oh, wait. So I skipped ahead a little bit. Uh, Before Violet decides to start poisoning her sparring partner's Imogen, um, which is one of the children of the rebels, and she has a huge ass relic, um, almost tries to kill her, but instead just breaks a few of her bones. And that's when Violet decides that, hey, she's going to start um, poisoning people. And she goes out into the woods to get like poisoned plants and berries and whatever. And she runs into a bunch of the children of the rebels. 
um, because it's nighttime. And there's a rule that not more than three of the rebel children can be together uh, because they're afraid that they're going to be plotting. And are they plotting? No, they're not. So we actually find out that all the rebel children hang out with each other and they meet up so they can talk to each other and give each other advice on how to survive the college. Because we learn later on that they probably should have been executed with their parents, but Zayden made a deal and he was like, I will, I forget what his portion was, but it was like some type of punishment. Um, But if they can try to become writers, then they can live. So essentially like, it's almost like a death sentence because being a writer is really tough. Right. But at least gives them a chance. He assumes responsibility for all of them, um, every single one in child. So if one of them fucks up, he is immediately going to get killed on yeah. their behalf. And But yeah, but they all get together and they talk about how to help each other. And uh, Violet takes was them like, under their wing. I know. It was really cute. I like him. I feel like that but could also, also be another fake out. Because we thought they were making like meeting there to plot – against another rebellion and he's just like hey you guys doing okay in chemistry how are you doing over here let me make sure everyone's doing okay but in the end they were doing things that were like that's true not supposed to be done well well yeah they all knew yeah yeah okay so anyways when they're talking they're imogen's like hey can you can i kill her um, and he's like, nope, nobody can kill her. She's mine. So anyways, Zayden yeah, catches yours. her. She is. Zayden catches her. And of course, they like start flirting and well, like death threatening flirting, though, not like regular flirting, but like, I'm going to kill you. It's like, I'd like to see you try. Um, my heart flitters a little bit. But anyways, he's like, are you going to tattle on us? And she's like, no, because I'm not going to because she's like. They're talking about how they support each other and help each other. She's like, and also, not plotting against the kingdom. I ain't no snitch. You know? Exactly. Snitches get snitches stitches. Get See? <laughs> oh, and at this point, he starts calling her, he calls her a violent little thing, and eventually her nickname becomes violence, which I actually did not like. Really? What? I liked it. I I it, loved it. It was a play on her name. It was a play on her character. It made her more powerful because Violet is like this meek little beautiful flower. And then she's like, violence. I yeah. Did, I and Dane always her. talks her down and makes her seem so precious. And he's like, here's your weapon. You go be a little violent creature you are. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't know. I thought it was like a little quaint. I don't know. I don't know. Major eye roll. I know. I, I just, I don't like it. Okay. Um, so anyways, Zayden figures out that she's poisoning people because of course he would. He's the hero. Um, and she has to fight him on the mats during like sparring class. And of course there is tension building, but also I think he decides like, I need to help this chick train, uh, or she's going to die. Zayden and Jane are jealous of each other a little bit. A little? Uh, well, a okay. little? Zayden is jealous of Dane and Violet's relationship. It takes them a while to figure out that they're not together. They've just been childhood friends the entire time. And Dane is a dickhead, and he just doesn't trust Satan. Um, he has it, like, out for him. He I does. Because like. like, every chance he gets, he talks shit about Z- um, Zayden. Almost called him Xander. Zayden to Violet. He's always like, I gotta keep you away from him. They get a little petty with each other in front of other people, and I'm like, 
that's your wing leader. How are you alive? You're like, you don't trust your own wing leader? Dane's a little bitch. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. Ugh, he really Fuck is. Fuck that guy. He's – it was so hard, which I'm sure you're going to cover later also too. It's like how many times he was like, oh, you're just a weak little flower. Like I, this isn't your best interest. Don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. I'll get you in the scribe ring. She's like, well, hold the fuck on. I'm a strong, powerful, yeah. independent woman. I don't need no man telling me where I need to go. Up until the point she even gets dragons. Not just one dragon, two. two. She had two and dragons. And he's still trying to – and then that motherfucker kissed her. Uh, what? Uh, and like his defense, like she was kind of like trying to figure out if she still loved him, which obviously she does not, but she gave it a chance. And then she quickly realized, I can't keep going well, on with him like this when he keeps – belittling her when he kissed her she felt like no sparks at all at all okay wait so wait so anyways there's a lot of training there's a lot of classes part of their training before they get to presentation which then leads to threshing which then leads to graduation so presentation is where they finally get to meet the dragons and dragons meet them and the the dragons kind of like scope them out so it's kind of like major intense sorority rush you know what i'm glad you said that you know what i was picturing you know when you go to like disney world and there's an attraction and before you get to the ride there's like little you get to see parts of like the the world or the kingdom or whatever that you're watching and you're everyone's just being shuffled along and waiting in line while like they're looking at the attraction this feels like something at Disney World or Universal. It felt it felt very much like Halloween Horror Nights to me. Yes. <laughs> Where it's like, I am moving across this line, but I cannot make eye contact with anyone because they will eat me alive or stab me or anywhere. Oh, my anywhere. God, yes. Like, yes. Just like, like, shuffling through the line, like, just happy to be here. Excuse Everyone's, me. Everyone's, like, holding on to each other, like, conga, 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 don't look. <laughs> like, don't make eye contact with a freaky thing. Um, that's gonna come at you. So, anyways, and then after threshing, no, I'm sorry. There's presentation, so they have to pass the gauntlet. And if they pass the gauntlet, they go into presentation where they meet the dragons. Dragons meet them, like step them out. The following day or whatever is threshing, which is where they actually get to bond with the dragon. And then eventually, there's like some other. There's like squad games and war games, and then graduation. Um. Okay. So we're at the gauntlet. And there's a lot of training for the gauntlet because, of course, it's like an obstacle course, ninja warrior slash wipeout on steroids type of thing. And I feel like it's on the edge of a mountain. It is. It is. So if you fall, you die. Like, it's super intense. And so, of course, there's what no do we know about Violet? or like little pool for you to fall into. You're just, no, you're you die. Even um, in the practice rounds. Violet is petite. And she's not, like, necessarily physically strong. So for her to take on this physical thing, it is a lot. And as much as she tries to go through it, she can't make it to the end. So when the actual gauntlet test day comes, what does Violet do? She uses her brains and she kind of cheats. But there are no rules. Right. The I rule- was like, don't don't say she cheats. She outsmarts she rule them. gauntlet is there are no rules. Yeah. She... She bends the rules. She doesn't follow the exact path. She does what she has to do to get across, which is and stay alive, which more power to her. Uh, but this infuriates Amber, one of the squadron leaders, who also, like Dane, has a bug up her ass about following rules. And that's they, what they, I think they were like 
fuck buddies last year. Maybe. That's one thing about Dane, that apparently he's a major rule follower. So Yeah, he's not going to let you cheat off his test. You know what I mean? Like, there's people who will let you cheat off your test and people who won't. No. Even if you guys are best friends, like, he's Dane not willing. to the principal. Mm-hmm. He will out his own He'd friend. be the one who's like, excuse me, I think you said we had a pop quiz happening today? And everyone would be like, oh, oh guy. And he'd be like, I, what, what? I studied. You're like, ugh. Um, okay. So she passes and they make it to presentation day. And they're like walking behind each other, meeting all the dragons. And in like the presentation, there's this tiny little golden dragon, which does not look like it belongs with all of the other massive dragons that are there. And there's also a huge ass black dragon who is the biggest dragon in like the history of the world. And he looks like a scary fucker, but you can just tell that dragon's a badass. Anyways, during presentation day, uh, there's two people. There's Luca, who is the bitchy mean girl. She gets like eaten alive by the dragons because she keeps making smart ass comments. Also, dragons are like, Luca, you. I was like, I didn't peg you as a girl. Sorry, my girl. Luca was a girl. Wow, yeah. missed that entirely. Yeah, she was a bitchy girl. And then there is this other guy whose name I don't even remember because whatever he's dead and he couldn't make a decision to save his life, so he got incinerated. Why? Because the dragons are scary and they mean business and they don't like wishy washy people or assholes. Apparently, even though they're assholes. Okay, we get to threshing, and of course, oh, wait, hold on. During that uh-huh. time period. Let me just go ahead and say that one of the dragons did make contact with Violet while she was in the presentation. And I guess they sniffed their their s- sibling, sister, whatever, because she has the scales in her vest to protect her. And so they like made contact with her and let her touch them. And then she was like, oh, you probably smell my sister's dragon. She's also like a green tail or whatever type of dragon it was. And she lived to tell the tale. So I was she already did. like, Okay, the dragons like her. We're good. She's not going to die. Obviously, the dragons like her. She is a good person. Yeah, but Um, you don't know. They made it seem like the dragons are just assholes. Nobody's safe. So every October 1st is threshing, which is, again, the ceremony where they go and see if a dragon picks them. And there are more writers available than dragons. So, like, there's competition about whether or not you're going to get picked. And at this time, Violet overhears that Orin Tynan... Tenen, I don't know pronounce his name, and Jack are like, we're going to go kill that golden dragon because that's a baby dragon and that dragon can't even fly. And it has no business being here. Um, so we're just going to go kill it. So a couple of thoughts on this originally. So one, guys, be mindful of where they are. They are walking through a dragon field where people, just by looking at them, they're wrong. Just by holding eye contact for more than three seconds, they could just burn you alive for that. And you're like, you know what? Let me go kill some dragons. Like, that won't piss you off. Like, me looking at you will piss you off, but me murdering one of your own, it'll be fine. Like it's just, The worst is that his mentality, their mentality was like, oh, we're doing everyone a favor. We're getting rid of the weak. It's our duty and our job to kill this dragon. Like, what? Are you dumb? Are you yeah, fucking dumb? They are yes, dumb. Yes, they are dumb. They are dumb. Um, anyone else was picturing uh, the Triwizard Tournament when Harry has to go get a dragon egg and has to walk through the pits that dirt area the dragons no 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 eh, no not so much you know you know i'm usually here with you for the harry potters but today i was like hello the only good dragon scene <laughs> anyhow um 
Okay, so Violet overhears them, and she's like, oh my god, I need to go save the gold dragon. Um, so she goes looking for the gold dragon, and um, she finds the gold dragon, and like, the gold dragon, she's she's a baby. She doesn't even have claws. Like, her feet are just like little paws, and she can't fly. So she's just there, and Violet's like, okay, you need to like, go away. You need to fly away. You need to like, burn them up. And she's kind of defenseless, can't do anything. And the guys are, like, closing in on her, her, trying to protect the little gold dragon. And all of a sudden, Zayden shows up on scale. And he's just kind of, like, he's not allowed to help um, because they're going after Violet. Uh, But he does say something, which I think distracts the guys. And then all of a sudden, big black dragon shows up. And I think he kills Tynan. And severely injures Jack. And then Oren gets knocked out by Violet. And that was kind of cool. So then Violet's like, okay, well, guess you guys can go now. And then all of a sudden, Tarn, the big black dragon's like, yeah, um, I think I'm picking you. Or something. She's like, so, what, what? How could I hear you? And he's like, because we bond to our writers and we can talk to them. What? She was like not comprehending that the biggest, baddest dragon that everybody wants is talking to her. Now I will Frail say, little her. The fan art for this, they got it right in this when they show the they scale did. and how dramatic he looks. Like even look, there's one where it's like I think you see her silhouette and she's facing this dragon. You just see like this massive dragon with these golden red eyes and he's just like terrifying which is funny because like when you hear them converse like he's just hilarious so i'm like he is just i imagine him in a very dry british yeah like yes snooty accent very sarcastic like i love him i do me too i I was like why am i enjoying the dragon more than anyone else kind of reminds me of oh god why am i forgetting his name um the dragon from from blood nash series the one that's helping Sarah, it's um, Nectos, Nectus, Nectus, ne- ne- Nectus. He was giving Nectus vibe, but snarkier. Yes, Nectus didn't help anything. He was just like you, big dumb idiot. You didn't know this. No Reaver, Reaver vibe. No Reaver was the baby. No, yeah, but he Nectus, was annoying as hell. That's true. That yeah, one of them. Okay, either way, yes. Okay, Taryn is higher level than them. Um. So, anyways. They get back to the field. Oh, and also Violet can't stay on the dragon. So like Tarn would have normally like flipped in the air. She would have fallen off and she would have just died. But he actually makes an effort to catch her several times. Um, So he's really invested in Violet. And he lowers his leg so she can use it as a ramp to get up. So like he is accommodating to her. Because she's so great and special. Um, So they get back and everybody's there with the dragons and um so they have to go and give the name of the dragon they've bonded to to the role keeper or whatever and uh so tarn gives his long ass complicated name and then the little gold dragon shows up and she's like you can give my name too and her name is also really long and complicated but i think we just decide to call her andarna so anyways yeah i said that correctly Violet gets bonded to two dragons. And this has never happened before. Ever. And everybody immediately freaks out. And 
all of like the leaders of the college are like you can't do that you can't bond to dragons but the dragons are basically like uh we're dragons and we can do whatever the hell we want and we're gonna bond with her but even the leader of the dragons calls um a big dragon meeting which is known as the empyrean and that's how we get like the name of the series because it's like the empyrean book one didn't even make the connection i'm glad you <laughs> called that out because i was just like Bloop. um and so they go and they have like their dragon powwow and they come back and they're like yeah we're both bonded to you so it's cool um so anyways fun fact what do we learn through this bonding well okay wait when i have we a get question Jane grabs her and kisses her motherfucker wait before we get into this because uh-huh. i want to talk about him as well did we? Can someone explain to me what the feather tail is? Is it a, the type of dragon that she is, or is it just like she's a younger dragon and that's called a feather tail? I was very confused about what this was. So I think feather tail is a name given to their babies, and as far as I can tell, they keep them hidden. And the reason that we keep them hidden is because I guess the babies have crazy powers, as we learn later on. Okay. Right. So originally, Bridget, I was confused with you as well. I thought it was a type of dragon. Um, but then we just learned it's just the babies. Yeah, because they talked about it in class and then I was still confused because I was like, wait, yeah, is, you have, is like, she a, a feather tail and something else? That's what like, I don't know. You have a My spike tail. Not you've got the like bludgeoning Horn tail. tail. Yeah. And then they come in different colors. I don't There was a lot of dragon lore, which I did not um, absorb. Therefore, I am not regurgitating it back. Sorry. Um, so whatever, they off the field, Dane grabs her and kisses her. And that's when Violet realizes she's like, oh, that was kind of a lame kiss. There's no uh, spark. Anyways, so what do we find out? Tarn is mated to scale Zayden's dragon. Of course they would be. And apparently bonded dragons can never be away from each other for long or they go nuts. And that's why usually bonded dragons will try to bond with riders from the same year. Um, but that was not the case. So if Zayden's ever gone for like a period of time, Violet would need to go after him and vice versa. Um, and so because Tarn and Scale are mated, um, this also allows for a weird mental connection as well between Violet and Zayden. Oh, and they I can like mind speak to each other, um, which is actually really awesome. Also, because if a rider dies, the dragon gets really sad. And if the dragon dies, the rider automatically dies. Zayden definitely has a vested interest in keeping Violet alive. Um, because if anything happens to her or her dragon, there's a very good possibility um, that he'll die. Because then remember... If Tarn dies, because he's made it to scale, I guess she'll die, which means Zayden dies. So the four of them are, like, forced to be in a relationship now, even though they don't really want to be. Essentially, Zayden's invested in keeping her alive, and so he makes sure that everybody um, is training with her. And he also assigns Liam to her as, like, her bodyguard. Um, Liam is also one of the children of the Rebellion, um, and he's tall and strong, like the strongest guy in their first year class and honestly he's just like a really good friend anyways violet keeps falling off of her dragon um because she just does not have the strength to like keep her legs around poor tarn and he's been very now here's the thing i want to talk about Uh uh-huh he is he's very sympathetic to her uh 
And just a general note, I'm like, these are big ass dragons. And so like the thigh strength required to not have a saddle, I feel like is very, that's just tough. It's, you know what I'm saying? Like how strong are these people? Like how thick are their thighs that they can all stay on? You guys. soccer player, maybe soccer player. Yeah. I don't know what hockey player thighs look like. They have very big thighs. It's fantasy. This is the same genre that women come every single time, and you can go on a journey without taking a shower for hours, for days, for weeks, and still get it on in the middle of the forest. And no one cares well, about I'm swamp just saying that- <laughs> We know they don't care. Ruin, not ruined it. Hunt already told us he does not care. That's true. I, you know, look, I'm so just saying they make it sound like it's a big old problem and i'm like but it's a problem that everyone would have because no one can wrap their thighs around a tree trunk and hold on for hours on end i don't know daenerys does it she had a saddle fine fine she really does she have a saddle i don't know i don't know fine i assume everyone has a saddle (laughs) some kind of harness structure in place exactly anyway i digress violet keeps falling because she's a fragile little being so Quick segue. I don't know why I put this right smack in the middle of my notes, but I did. So we're just going to go with it. Um, oh, it's because Violet goes to the library um, and she's talking to her friend, whose name I cannot remember, the one that she has assigned to. And she asks her for like, hey, can I have a copy of the Fables of the Baron? And that was the book that her father had left her and Mira had taken it uh, because Violet overpacked books and nothing like practical for her journey as a writer um and so her friend the scribe goes and looks and obviously they have a copy of everything so she asks her friend and obviously they would have a copy of every single book in existence in the library uh but they do not have a copy of this one hmm and violet thinks it's weird suspicious Hmm. but she doesn't pull on that thread a little bit more anyways what's in the book the fables of the baron um it talks about wyvern and venin I'm assuming, or Venon. I don't know. Again, don't know what the pronunciation is. I think it's Venon. Um, Venon is Venine. Veni. I, I don't know. It's not vain. It's Venon. Okay. Venon so, is, is. Venon are people um, that are naturally attaining magic and pulling it from the earth. And it ends up cor- physically corrupting them. So they have like really red, veiny eyes. Um, and they actually ride on wyvern. I don't know what wyvern are exactly, except maybe like bastardized dragons. So I think Abraxas, right, from Throne of Glass was a wyvern? Yes. Okay. So they're like... Yes, but I feel like this uh, one was more of a griff. No, there are griffins. There are, yeah, no, this is griffins. a wyvern. Griffins. Or griffins. So like, wait, we talked about this. Um, I guess wyverns are like a mix, of, a type of dragon maybe i don't know the point is that the fables of the baron talks about these two things that are again fables because it's the fables of the baron i was imagining it more like bird features in my head wyvern look exactly like toothless from how to train your dragon really yeah interesting toothless to me doesn't look very dragony what's that picture ardana and arda Oh, and Darna. And Darna is gold. Well, that's what I call her. I'm but like assuming. gold, yellow version of Toothless. So if somebody In- can let us know what a wyvern is, that'd be great. Um. Okay, so 
according to my quick Google search, a dragon has four legs and the wyvern has only two. You know, I think they mentioned this. I think they said this. I remember them saying, that thing doesn't have four legs. It has two. Oh, no. And so I remember that, but I still pictured like that um, more birdish features on the upper half of the body for whatever reason. Yeah, I don't know. I just make shit up, you guys. Anyway, segue into different animal species can continue another time. Onward, please, Hilda. Okay, so the next issue that Violet must confront is that she needs to manifest her signet, which is that special magical power that her dragon gives her. And if she doesn't manifest it quickly enough, she can basically explode because the power overtakes her. So, like, this poor girl, man, it's like issue after issue after issue there's some wild consequences in this book seriously like if a dragon dies you die if you don't do this power you explode um if you just walk around campus you fall off the fucking side of the edge and you're dead so everyone's like so sad or sorrow's prayers someone just just come up and like stab you in the middle of the night because there are not enough dragons for every writer um again another segue as to things that poor violet has to deal with um she gets ambushed in her room in the middle of the night because again there are more writers than dragons available her vest her armor vest that's made of her sister's dragon scales saves her but because she has that mental connection with tarn who has a connection with scale who has a connection with zayden again the four of them are like it's like dragon telephone communication (laughs) square he shows up and he like basically um kills everybody for her but not before andarna our friend the feather tail who's the baby dragon basically manifests her feather tail powers through violet and she's able to stop time so like everybody in the room freezes except for violet and I think maybe Zayden. I forget. It was a while before I read that scene. But obviously, this ends up exhausting Andarna because she's a baby, essentially, even though Sweet she's like two years old. Sweet little baby. She's just old. a baby. <laughs> um, and we kind of find out then that this is why the dragons keep their young protected because they can manifest all these crazy powers, um, but it also like wipes out all of their strength. And so like Andarna ends up sleeping for like a week after this. So anyways, we come to find out that it was Amber who is, I guess, a squad leader, wing, one of those positions, was upset that Violet, quote unquote, cheated during her uh, gauntlet run. And so she is the one who let all these people into Violet's room um, so she could get attacked because Amber was so upset that someone who would have violated the rules was succeeding. And so she got called out in front of everybody at like the morning row call and she got executed because you're not allowed to um and attack a writer when they're sleeping it's like a big no-no that bitch and so what's really fucked up about the situation is that zayden goes and accuses amber in front of everybody during morning roll call and dana's was was like what it can't be amber she would never do that and he did not believe um violet and so at one point he like reaches out to like touch her about it and she's like don't touch me like isn't it enough that i'm giving you my word like why do you need to go into my memories even before that he turns around he tells her why didn't you tell her she didn't do it and she's like why why would i lie red flag 
Right. And she knows of his mind reading powers. And so in his disbelief, he kind of yells at her. He's like, show me, show me what you saw in your brain. And that forcefulness he's never pushed upon her at any point that we knew of. That the demand and the intensity at which he demanded her thoughts really put her on edge. From and then he out. had the audacity to be outraged because she wasn't willing to just let him take the memories from her yeah. without consenting. I'm Correct. sorry. Consent what? is everything. No matter what, what you're doing. Is mm. a gaslighting piece of shit mm-hmm. and you know what not the best time but we might as well fit it in we were wrong dane is not a blonde apparently he has light brown hair which i mean in our location of the world if you have light brown hair and you go outside because it's sunny 24 7 i feel like a year round you're turning blonde i mean look with you got like golden caramel highlights from the sun. You're basically dirty blondes. In our me. list of grievances about Dane, we may have incorrectly categorized him as a blonde. Uh, Listen, so I, I look, he's giving blonde by... vibes, and I'm not here for it. Correct. <laughs> he's giving blonde, bad blonde character energy. I honestly, so he might as well to be me, dirty blonde, light brown, blonde, same shit, and he is a shitty person. I mean, we can all agree he's a shitty person, Um, regardless of hair color. So speaking of other things that Violet needs to deal with. So you know how we mentioned that Tarn and Scale are mated? Oh, wait. Did you tell them that how she broadcasted her memories from the dragon so everyone can hear? Oh, yeah. So in the accusation after – she did not mention it. But after – Did I miss this? Zayden. You kind of glossed over it, but it was – Still so after Dane help. tries to like grab her and take her memories, she basically said no, but then she mind speaks to her dragon and it says, take what you need. And she basically, he sends it to, uh, his dragon sends it to like the mind of everybody. So they're able to like fully see what happened. And that's what got her torched. Yeah. Or like she, she he shared it with the other dragons and the other dragons shared it with everyone else. Something like that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe that's what it was that he shared it with the other dragons. The other dragons <laughs> shared it back with their riders. And then the dragons all swarmed the area and perched onto the ledge and lit that bitch up not like <laughs> light it up danica like wrong light it up toast. <laughs> um yeah no i definitely glossed over that that was like yeah. the best part <laughs> it was i again dragon telephone continues to be a very useful skill for all these people so speaking of dragon telephone apparently we also have dragon um sexy operator time um because <laughs> when Tarn and Scale decide to get it on. Uh, guess who feels the effects of their lust? Yep, that's right. How convenient. Zayden and Violet. Um, and I so- love that she like she's like, I have the vapors. Like, I'm very hot. Things are very uncomfortable. So she runs outside of whatever their dormitory. And uh, she runs into Zayden. And he's out there, I guess, smoking their version of pot. That's what I thought it would steal. <laughs> yeah. Like casually smoking a blunt. Um, and she's like, you shouldn't be doing that. And he's like, well, how do you think I have to deal with this? And um, all the time. Yeah. And also like, would that not make it worse? I don't know. I don't know. It's taking the edge off, I guess. I, I suppose. Guess. Trying to relax him. For other things. Uh, okay. Either way. Anyways. So the heat level in this scene, I want to say, was great. It was good. And I wish the heat level in the scene 
translated to the actual times that they actually hook up. I want to say it was electric because there was also actual sparks happening, which is, was maybe, a clue yeah. for mental and physical sparks. Mm-hmm. There was a lightning strike. Um, but yeah, at first, so there's like this back and forth, like, I'm not going to kiss you. I can't kiss you. It's not right. And then boom, kissing up against the wall, legs around the waist, hot. And then, of course, he's like, no, we can't do this anymore. Like, we have to stop. And she's like, what the fuck, bro? Uh, I want to say that it was also snowing at that point, And it was, the snow was turning there was like a lightning storm from them. I don't know. I could be making this up. But in my head, it was steamy. What? Sorry. Yeah, it, was really, it, was, it was an excellent <laughs> scene. It was an excellent scene. But of course, he's like, no, we can't do this. And he's like, you have to like go inside now. So she does. Whatever. Uh, I get it. It's noble of them to want to keep their lives separate because they are supposed to live with each other forever because of their dragons. But man, if that was me, I would have been it's uh, like I volunteers tribute. I volunteers tribute. Just take me now. Help it, us both. The way that I see it, it's like an extra gift because you're probably gonna die young. So like Fair. here's a built in fuck buddy. Like, and I think that's what everyone else in the academy is basically doing on their off time is just like fucking like bunnies because they can die at any second and they're they say that they're like well tomorrow's not a given i can get shanked walking down the hallway so and i think that's why their division is allowed to get married earlier than everybody else's as well because they're expected to die very young yeah and they need to like procreate anyways i don't know there's a lot of stuff that happens which feels like there's filler in this book which there's a lot of like going to class and like sparring um eventually jack has his moment where he set up with her as his sparring partner, partner, and of course he wants to kill her because he's a piece of trash, and has uh, been just yapping his mouth about it since I started this, um, which is so annoying. Like, like honestly, I was kind of expecting at some point for Jack to be like, "I'm in love with you," and I'm an emotionally stunted man boy who doesn't know how to like express my feelings. I just assumed he had a micro penis. That's all. That too. I just so anyways, assume like she would be like enough and just like attack him one day just out of the blue. So they spar. Very different and- opinions on that boy. But go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> they end up sparring. It's not looking good for Violet. But of course, don't forget, our girl is smart. And she had picked up that he's allergic to oranges. And so she almost delivers a killing blow because she like stabs him with oranges. I don't know. She does something with oranges. um, And it makes him super sick. Like he goes like all What's the word? Or red and splotchy and swollen? Yeah. Anaphylactic shock? There we go. There we he go. He has like full on anaphylactic shock, um, but not before like she passes out in the pain because I don't know, something in her body broke, um, which happens all the time. Okay. So as part of their first year thing, um, training, there is squad battle, which is basically a competition between all of the squads and uh, the winning squad gets to go to a tiny frontier town i don't know uh to basically to go visit like an actual dragon base so be amongst the writers who have seen battle it's like seeing a thing of honor and i feel like squad battle is basically like capture the flag yeah yeah essentially That's um what I and thought. so the dane's squad because it's dane's squad because he's a squad leader um ends up winning because they are able to steal um some paperwork from general soren gale's office who which was violet's idea because like let's give credit where it's due yeah yeah yeah. um wait was it paperwork 
or was it a map? No, it, it was, was like, a map. Okay. It was, it was something important. They were supposed to steal something within the college that would be of a, a great use to their enemies. So Violet was like, we can steal something from my mom's office. Um, which, by the way, I think her mom's name is Lillian. Someone fact check me. Um, so they're able to break into her mom's office, again, under Violet's instruction. And um, they come back and they're like, look, we stole this thing. Whatever. They won. Everybody was super impressed. So they end up going to this base post. If that was the word I was looking for. Somewhere on the front where happens to be where Mira is stationed. Um, and it's also close to where Rhiannon and her Rhiannon's family lives. Um, and so Rhiannon has just had a brand new either niece or nephew that was born. And so they decide to sneak out. Um, with help from Mira, who kind of caught them, but then she fell for it. Um, so Rhiannon could go visit her family. Because I don't know if we mentioned, but the first year that the writers are at the War College, they're not allowed to contact their friends or family um, for a full year because it's kind of like messed a, up. It is. It's a fully like immersive experience. It's really weird. So as they're heading back from seeing Rhiannon's family, like right as they step outside the door, uh, Zayden shows up with Scale and he's like yeah Scale and Tarn couldn't be away from each other for more than three days so here I am so anyways the next day they're like having a fake war meeting and there is a ridiculous amount of tension between Dane Violet and Zayden so much so that Mira calls the three of them out into the hallway and she's basically like um, you're acting like children she tells Dane off she tells Zayden off I don't think she tells Violet off, but she's basically like tells Violet, like, really? Like, you're going to end your friendship with this guy over this guy that probably wants to kill you? Um, Because Mira does not trust Zayden. While they're at that post, it gets attacked by Griffins or it gets attacked. I think we assume it's Griffins, but honestly, I think it was Griffins. And uh, obviously the first years who are there, they need to evacuate because they're not trained to be doing any fighting. And Violet being Violet is like insisting that they can stay because she has Tarn and Tarn is the most powerful dragon and he can be of great help and she doesn't want to leave her sister. And Mira is basically telling Zayden like you have to get her out of here and Violet is being like super stubborn and eventually Zayden has to grab her and be like you mean so much to me if anything happens to you it's going to be terrible. He basically like confesses her feel- his feelings and kisses her um, and so they're finally able to evacuate and then of course for the next like 24 or 48 hours Violet is just super worried about Mira. She's like what if you know she died? What if I wasn't there to help her? Like what if I'm an only child now um yeah really guilty about leaving her and kind of questioning why she even listened to zayden in the first place um but they end up she ends up harassing her professors um and she finds out that mira is fine uh there weren't any casualties during that raid um so the warned games are continuing and it's here's another version of capture the flag and so they're supposed to be I don't know, like someone needs to catch an egg or protect an egg while at the same time the other part of the squad needs to go like capture an actual flag. There's a lot of craziness that's going on and Jack is on his dragon because I guess he killed somebody um, and stole their dragon. And so Jack and his dragon attack Liam and this throws Violet into like a tizzy and she's like, what the fuck? And she manifests her signet, which is lightning power. And she ends up striking a tower 
where Jack was and Jack and his dragon die. Dun, dun, dun. Thoughts on that? Because I feel like super epic. She got her lightning power. Love that. I felt like the lightning attack from a tower was too easy of a death for Jack, who spent up until this entire point of the book taunting her, teasing her. He's like, I'm going to kill you. Tomorrow I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you. You're dead to me. And then she's like, zap, you're done, bitch. But just felt like this was too easy for him. Like his death was too easy. He deserved worse. You know how bugs get zapped and like those blue light lantern things? did not just go there. (laughs) Yeah. I think that Jack was as annoying as a bug. And You're not wrong. (laughs) While it would have been really great if Violet would have like eviscerated him with like a knife and like cut off his balls and like fed them to him. Um, graphic but yes like that that's where i wanted to yeah like, like, i wanted something more meaningful where she like took back her power like her literal power over him as fulfilling as that would have been i think it's somewhat poetic that this annoying fly dies electrocuted but he doesn't even he he dies from getting crushed by the part of the mountain that was hit even better see i wanted her I to like zap him that she would have electrocuted him but I know for her journey, because the entire time she was fighting all these people and poisoning them, she had the ability to kill all of them to get rid of them, and, and she, she couldn't do it. it. So she was only injuring them to make to get to the point where she was no longer, you know, the underdog in her fights. So this was the next big step where she technically killed Jack, but he did not die by her hand. He died by getting like a result of her a result of her power which was the lightning strike yeah and it was it was an indirect manifestation of her power i don't think she meant to i guess channel the lightning it just happened because she was so upset about liam that she still was cut up about it that being said yeah she feels super guilty about taking a life which i get But at the same time, like, what do you know where you are when your dragons do? I was about to say, do you realize you're training to go to war? War? Also, do you realize you're at Bagshmurth College and no one else gives you the honor of of being like, oh, I really shouldn't kill him. Like, no one else would do that for you. So, like you said, Zayden's like, you got to toughen up, girl. Like, what does she think is going to happen after, like, she graduates? She's going to fly off into dragon tails and everything is sunshine and rainbows. That's like, not it- happening, girlfriend. You're going to did- war. So, I mean, like, I get it. This is the first life that she takes. Um, and so she feels really guilty about it. And because, again, she's, like, a good person, even if she's unrealistic. Like, lady, you're a member of an, like, an army family your mother is a badass general like what do you think happens in war but anyways like you we know she read about it as a training scribe so don't pretend to be that sheltered violence right i think she assumed given how great she is at strategy and understanding the tactics that you know they have in this war game that even though she's a writer she would have still been a level up and that she wouldn't be on the battlefield. She would be behind the scenes calling the shots with the generals. That's what I'm assuming she thinks if she's that butthurt about killing someone. But she'd still she'd still be calling the shots. It's getting people killed. I don't I, know, man. I, yeah, but I she's think, not dirtying her hands, you know? 
Like the mob I, boss is not actually killing someone. He's ordering someone else to do the killing. So he's like, my hands of, are clean. Out of all of, I mean, as someone who has never killed another person. Um, <laughs> no comment. I, last kid also claimed that to right. us. Uh, no comment. Okay. As someone who has never killed anyone, I can only assume that it's very terrible. But at the same time, I do feel like this personality quirk of hers is a little... It's a little silly considering the circumstances that she's in. I think in. it's meant to make her more humbling and endearing. Yes, yeah, but, but I feel like, like at some point during this journey. You, she should have been able up. to like, you know, man up Again. a little bit. Yeah, Woman because, up. Because at, at the end of the day, like she didn't do it. She she didn't do it to be an asshole. She did it because of Leah and she was worried about Leah. So I don't know. Correct. It's, it seems. It seems and in like her environment, it's a kill Doggy or dog killed. world. Yeah, which I don't understand. It's been months. Like, how do you not get the memo? I don't know. Okay. So anyways, uh, she's in her room practicing her knife throwing skills. And Zayden shows up. And he's, like, basically, like, you need to get over it. And they have had a weird relationship at this point where, like, they flirt. But they don't really do anything. And he kind of, like, challenges her. And so she goes and she kisses him. And they have sex. Please note that I didn't say hot sex. So I didn't think their sex scene was very hot. I don't care how much furniture in her room they destroyed. There it was felt like a, a hookup. There was a lack of chemistry that they had in their first kiss scene that was like kind of missing from this one. And I know we kind of talked about it a little bit in the first it part. It just doesn't make sense. You know what I think it is? It's because that first kiss had very like I don't want to love like it was very angsty very tensiony because like I don't want to love you don't fall in love with me and they're like I won't but smoochy smoochy and in this one he was like oh man you're it you're mine I love you like that tension was what? not there wasn't he like it was he all like in, things? Well, no. like, in so many words the second time I feel like this was definitely that whole like tell me what I can do to help you and she was probably like distract me and then she kissed him and was like provide me with an escape and that escape was an orgasm that's what i got from this okay maybe however in the two but in the second time that's yeah awesome. i think you were just talking about this so i was like maybe the reason why the first time they kissed was so steamy was because they were straight up in heat from their dragons <laughs> yeah. fucking and i think that's where that magic was coming from because their dragons are mating and doing it the dirty and they're over here feeling like they're in heat, and that probably added some like extra angst to it. Maybe they need to be the type of people that are like, is it voyeurs? They get yeah. off better because their dragons are getting off. Weird to say it like that, but yes, it that is, is weird to say it like that. But I'm like, I get, I get it. Like we're all a happier bunch after the fact. Yeah, you know? voyeurs are watchers, and exhibitionists are performers. I guess I don't know. Weird mental um, pictures of that all going down at the same time. Like you're over here, I'm over here, and everyone's getting their. Rocks I mean, they off. wouldn't be swingers because they wouldn't be swapping. Ugh. <laughs> They're dragons <laughs> and humans. This is an Darius air crux. Oh my gosh! So you know when this book came out, and everyone kept talking about dragons. I was like, oh, dragons like Darius, and then I realized it wasn't dragon shifters. It was straight up fucking dragons, and I was so disappointed. I was like, so there's no dragons. I mean, I don't know, Bridget. There's going to be five books. There's four more books. The Geraldine in me was very, like, flabbergasted. <laughs> I can't imagine. what. Whatever. Anyways. um, So, 
I don't know, there's more war game stuff going on. Eventually, there's a graduation party, um, which happens to be like the same day that the rebellion ended, which is also the same day that um, Zayden's father was killed. And the king shows up at the party and he's he's a douche, like really no redeeming qualities. Um, and Zayden is kind of reminded like, me of Lionel. Yeah. Is, is he a blonde? Wait, hold on. I think I'm confused. Is he there's king, the king or is he the general? There's the king and then there's General Melgren. Okay. Yes. So okay. I think there's a king, there's General Melgren, and then there's Lillian Sorengale. Yes. I, I think, think I was general, the king and the general the same person. The general is the one that has the other dragon that's like the same species as... Tarn. Tarn. Maybe. And he's the most powerful dragon. I think Tarn is the second most powerful. I actually think Tarn is more powerful, but the other dragon is considered more powerful because he's bonded with the general, who's oh. higher than all of them. Gotcha. I think Tarn okay. is actually more powerful. That's why Tarn gets kind of like the who. He's so fancy. Like he gets kind of um, he's slightly insubordinate with the general's dragon. And he gets oh, away because yeah, he he's a bigger badass. Exactly. Because exactly. that makes sense. Yeah. Um. So, uh. Zayden's not at the party, and it's obvious that he and some of the other children of the rebe- rebels were not in attendance. Um, so Violet goes looking for him, and he's like out sulking in the middle of the parapet. Um, and she goes up after him while wearing a skirt, which again, probably not her best idea. But she goes and she talks to him, and she's basically like, You're mine, we shouldn't do this. And they go to his room and have more sex. And they basically declare their feelings for each other. After they've both had several orgasms, there's an alarm raised across the war college. And they're like, we're under attack. No, really. They're just making the war games that much more crazy. And there's a drill. Um, so they get out there and they start dividing up whatever, all the wings and squads and shit. And Zayden basically grabs Violet and is like, you're coming with me. And both Dane and Dane's dad, who remember, or maybe not remember for the first time, where you're being told that Dane's father <laughs> is General Sorengale's, like, right hand, her assistant. She gen- I think she's a commander. Maybe no, she's, she's general. Okay. She is a general. Um, I think he's a commander, but she's general. But I also so thought then- he was her, like, secretary at one point. Like they, I maybe- think so. Like, it's her. Second in command? I guess it's her person. That's like her yeah. attache. He's taking meetings but, of the notes, you know? Uh-huh. Taking but notes like, for the meeting. <laughs> so and who's above her? Melgren. Uh, general Melgren. Is he a general? So maybe he's like a four-star general and she's like a, she's a three-star a three general. Okay. I definitely thought – that's why I think – I kept thinking he was the king because I was like, who's who could be above this woman? Melgren and then uh, the king. So anyways, uh, both Dane and his father are like, are you sure you want to do that? And um, Violet's like, yeah. So anyways, they go off and they get stationed at some post that's like right outside the wards or something like that. On the way over there, they stop for like a water break because they've been flying for a while. And everybody is off watering their dragons, uh, but not Zayden and Violet. They decide to go make out in the corner behind some rocks because they can't stop touching each other. And then all of a sudden, some griffin rider shows up and she's like well isn't this a convenient situation and Zayden gets protective 
But at the same time, he stops Violet from attacking the Griffin Riders. And there's like two or three of them. And it becomes apparent very quickly that Zayden knows the Griffin Riders. So this was the part in the story where I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Do we have a Poppy and Cass situation where yeah. he purposely like tricks her and lures her out of safety so that he can like kidnap her? And he's actually a lot allied with the Griffin Riders. AKA the rebels. Uh, exactly. I thought the same thing too. And I'm like, this man. I was pissed at him for 2.5 seconds. Then we realize that that is not what is happening. Yes, Zayden knows them. And yes, Zayden um, has a relationship with them. But it's because he is helping them with weapons. Because the Griffin Riders are fighting the Wyvern and the Venon. And what? Those things that we said were fake or were in the book of the fables of the Baron, those things are real. And Violet goes into major, like, shock mode. She's like, what? Like, she doesn't believe him. She thinks it's a lie. She, like, does not know how to process this information. Because it's also, like, this thing that they've told us that is not real. You're telling us it's real. And you're actually helping them. Not only that, but the enemy we thought was our enemy is actually technically kind of our ally against this other really bad enemy we didn't know existed. And so there's a lot for her to unpack from that situation. But mostly she's feeling very hurt that she didn't know this about Zayden because her entire time building up to this relationship, she's like, tell me something real. Tell me something about you. Tell me something deep. And when he does give those things up, she feels like this is an ultimate emotional betrayal of what they had going on. And on top of that, we find out that the rebels were rebels because they knew about the Wyvern and the Venon and they were trying to tell people that. So Which she means- has to come to terms that her family is supporting like information suppressors yep that is gonna get people killed her mother is part of that suppression when she has her children her brother brendan who passed away mira and now violet also in the front exposed to all these things without proper knowledge and so that's that's a lot to unpack that's a lot to take in so like you know with the wards mysteriously failing and all of these things and like all of these battles that are happening at high altitudes violet because she's so smart she's like that's so weird like griffins wouldn't necessarily be able to fly that high like they wouldn't be at an advantage if they were attacking um the dragon outposts and why is it that the wards just are like casually failing like oh it just went down right She's Uh, so rational about it that she comes to terms to it very quickly about the facts of it, but she's so heartbroken over, like, Zayden withholding this information from her that she is basically like, we're going to work together, but we're not together. Yeah. So, like I said, they got assigned to, like, the semi-abandoned town or whatever, and their challenge for the war games was basically like oh so they get to this town it's basically abandoned and then they realize that there's a bunch of like wyvern coming to attack the town and their challenge for the war games is to like fly away and go join the other navarians because they're loyal to navarre and you know the town and the griffins can fend for themselves or they stay behind and try to save um the people that are not navarans and the griffins and basically die um and so everyone right. that's there with zayden 
um, they're actually children of the rebellion and they all decide to say that they're going to stay and fight for the, these poor defenseless people. Um, right. And that's exactly what they do. Mostly an abandoned town. There are a lot of families and young people there and people who would be defenseless. So it's not just like a let's let's leave this little ghost town and go fly off with our friends. It's like there are real people who have real consequences if we do if we leave them. And that pulls on their humanity heartstrings where they realize we can't do this. We have yeah, to they stand can't, fight. They can't leave these defenseless people, whether or not they're Navarians. Like people are people. We're trained um, to protect and that's what we'll do. So they're kind of, they join up with the Griffins. They're fighting. It's a very chaotic scene. Um, I don't necessarily think it was well written. I agree. Um, it did not have, it was chaotic, but it, it, I kind of felt like it was all over the place. And honestly, like, I couldn't picture what was happening in my mind. It was very the- hard for me as well. Like, it kept coming in, like, flashes of yeah. what was happening. It wasn't. We've read a lot of chaotic battle scenes between the three of us for this podcast. And this was the first one that I was really struggling to figure out. Picture anything. Picture anything. What things looked like. Who was getting attacked by who, who was helping who, where they were in regards to each other. It was so hard. I agree completely. And, you know, I think back to the battle scenes written by – SJM. SJM and even the Twisted Sisters and Zodiac like those are easier to follow I think because we were not exposed to really what Vanine were that we didn't like we're learning as we're reading what they can do what their abilities are but we're also not quite following the landscape and how this whole squadron because is the first time we're actually seeing a whole battle go down it was it was not the best battle scene to read. Like, and I'm, also, I didn't feel the tension. I wasn't like stressed. Yeah. I wasn't like, oh my god, what's happening? Will everyone make it out? I was kind of like, what, what, where are we? Like, it was more like, what's going on? Not yeah. like, I don't know what's if happening. it was because I wasn't paying attention earlier in the couple of chapters before this, but I was like, as the battle scene was happening, I was very confused as to who was the wyvern, wyvern versus the other one, the griffin, the griffin. While they were writing the battle scene, I was like, wait, are you good or are you bad? What's happening here? And I think I felt like even as I was reading it, the author might have switched up a few of them. I I will be honest and say, like, I didn't feel like I could read this scene very closely. Like, it just wasn't, it wasn't capturing it was like, people me. are battling here, people are battling there. Someone's there. in a clock tower. I'm not sure if they're good or bad, what they're actually doing on the clock tower. Violet, like, still doesn't really have control of her lightning, so she's like, randomly shooting lightning at different places like it wasn't great anyways like i said lots of chaos and i'm not gonna say it was as bad as lily's death but liam's death fucking sucked he died obviously that was the most emotional part of this book for me so yeah it sucked so Um, again i said this earlier in the first the first episode but i still I think it's because I haven't processed my emotions on this. Like, I'm still in denial that this man has actually died because I mean, just it was just I kept thinking like, oh, he's gonna come back. He's gonna go back because he's a. This is the first time we're actually seeing this dragon without its rider, or a rider without its dragon is dead. I'm saying this incorrectly. I've heard yeah, it on TikTok no, a thousand times. A dragon without its rider is like a sad thing, but a rider without his dragon is dead. Correct. And this is the first time we're seeing that actually play out. Because I thought that was just like a, oh, like, yeah, that's sad. But, like, also, this is really hard. But this is actually true because a 
when the dragon dies, the writer will die. Like I said earlier in the first part, his death was hard to comprehend because he physically was not wounded. It was just a reaction to his dragons dying. Their lives are intertwined, basically. And then, so, I mean, he did die trying to protect Violet because that's what he and his dragon went after the wyvern correct. that was attacking her. And, and so, he was doing it because even though he is her protector for the past couple, like half a year after she got her dragon selected, she ended up saving him during the games and killed Jack. So he felt like you're my friend and I owe you for that. And I want to make sure you're okay. You know, what really fucked me up what? was when she was holding him because he's dying because his dragon is dying and then Zayden is coming and they're having this conversation. I can't even remember if it's words they were speaking or if it was like in their head, but they were just like, it's time, it's happening. And then Zayden has this moments with his brother. And I was just like, has this man not gone through enough? You're going to kill his little brother figure? What? I know. It, I, did, I was, was really shocked up. to see he stayed dead. Was thought like maybe Violet can like zap him with her lightning and like resurrect him. That's what I kept thinking was going to happen. Oh, you think it was going to be a poppy situation? Yeah, not, I was like, oh, okay, who, who I'm just breeze past this. I'm not even going to get emotional no, about it because I know he's going to come back. Leon got zapped back to life. Yes, he did. But also, who? Not Poppy. Who's so the other many one? Sarah is the one that resurrects people. Yeah, with Sarah her works. power. Sarah, not Poppy. Like, could that be a secret power of our 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 little golden one? Also. She can stop time and bring people back from the dead. I, I don't know. I just I, – I didn't even process the emotions. I was like, oh, that's sad. That kind of sucks. But I'll see him in a minute, so let me just keep going. I really thought I'm, time I'm was like, going to freeze and she was going to like go reverse, reverse. Yeah. That did not happen. Yeah, and no, so that did I, not happen. I'm, I am sad, but now I'm coming to terms with it a little bit more because I'm like, you, you, you're dead, boy. You're dead. And it just makes me mad because I was actually like, this is one character I truly liked. Like, I would be friends with him in real friendship. life. He was a nice person. Well, this is, this is what we are, guys. We're like your best friend information processing people. You're helping you me. Need, you're helping me work through this. If you also need help working through Liam stuff, let us know. Drop us a line. Um, or any of the dots in all the books that we've read. We're still um, processing a lot. Yeah. So. Pure battle chaos. Honestly, like I can't even tell you how this battle ends, except I think Violet uh, finally channels her lightning and she like takes down the tower where this crazy beaten guy was. And apparently, it was if, like, like a warlock. Did I make if this you up? Take no. If you take out the the head beaten person, this was giving me they, Game of Thrones. No, with it's the like White the Walkers. boss. It's yes. Like the ba- yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like when you take out the the head boss in a room, all the other bosses die uh-huh like yeah. all the other monsters yeah that's what this was so she took out the head venin who was on the clock tower for some reason because apparently they're looking for something very vague on the details here i just thought uh, also retrieve something else i was so confused she had a confrontation with the venin where the venin was basically like oh my master if my master had access to you and their powers uh you could learn so much from them it was just whatever it was oh yeah i, I forgot figured, about that i figured it was gonna be like some type of significant plot point later on but like at the time when I read that I was like I don't have time for this nonsense like I do remember him saying that some foreshadowing for future it's gonna come back in books two through five I'm sure exactly um so Violet two through five I know I know expends a lot of her energy and she like basically like passes out um so Zayden of course is like frantic trying to save her and he ends up taking her to um his village that's in Tirandor 
So, like, he's basically said, like, fuck the war games. Um, and he takes her there so she can heal. And apparently, since the rebellion, this town has really, like, recovered and um, is, has really, like, rebuilt itself. But it's done so kind of under the radar. Uh, so the kingdom, the head of the king and the generals don't really know. Um, so she finally, like, wakes up from however long she was passed out. Um, and at first she sees she sees Zayden and, like, of course they make out. Which, again, I was going to be, like, major morning breath. You've been passed out. Did they make for, like, out? I forgot this. Yeah, no. I they thought totally she was still out. mad at him. No, they made out. And then she remembered that she was mad at him. Oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> um... <laughs> But whatever, she had a lot of healing that needed to be done. And I forget how he says it, but then the person that mended her walks into the room and bum bum bum, it's her brother Brennan. And he never died. He just joined the rebellion because the rebels were doing the right thing. Um, And that is how the book. Now, is it at this point that I was like, what? Brennan lives? Because... At every point in the book, we're reading the book of Brennan. As you remember, Mira left him the sh- the notes, the cliff, the the spark notes, the cliffhangers of not the cliffhangers, the cliff notes on how to make it through Bagshamworth College. And she, <laughs> is, I'm not going to get over this pronunciation. This is, this is my Danica. You okay? just do it. You just the thing is, it just flows off your tongue. I don't think I could replicate it. Bagshamworth. 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 <laughs> At this point, I believe that's the, how it's pronounced, and that's the only what it's pronunciation. Called. Like I reject all other pronunciation. So we're re- we're getting bits of Brennan, but we're getting the book of Brennan. We're getting bits of his personality throughout the whole book, and we know how much his father grieved him, his mother grieved, him, how the whole family grieved him, and how his death was really symbolic, not just for them as a family, but like through the whole entire Navarran kingdom, basically, and. It's a major shock to see that this uh, writer, who also had a powerful signet as a healer, was alive and well. And he's like, hey, little sis, what up? And I was like, the rebels. what? Yeah. Do you guys think her dad's dead? I, Ooh, I didn't even think that. about that. I actually think that General Sorengale killed him. No. Oh, fuck. God. <laughs> what? I don't, so I don't think, I think, I think she has her own character arc that she needs to go through where, yes, she comes off as like very severe um, because of right and wrong, but I wouldn't be surprised if she didn't actually know what was going on. Like if the King and Melgren do know, but she doesn't necessarily know because she seems to have, she seems to have a moral compass because remember she didn't want the children of the rebels being present when they got um when the parents got executed she was like that's messed up she got overruled but she didn't want that to happen so she also sent her daughter who is not the strongest to become a writer knowing that she would probably die in five seconds so so i my theory on this is that mm-hmm. she knew brennan was alive he told her everything that was happening. And I think it confirmed suspicions of things she had been seeing. But she needed to play that role and feed him information, perhaps, in as 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 a mole, a spy in the upper army. I did not think about her dad not being dead because maybe he is not and he's somehow with them. Trance, there's like some underground scribe network where we are passing information through to them. 
But I, I thought this explained why suddenly Violet had been training for scribe duty her entire life. And then not too long after her brother's death, her mother's like, no, you're going to be a writer. And this is my final decision. And I think that explains her flip when she realized, oh, Brennan's doing this thing. Violet can do it too. And we need all of them to change the tide of this war. So that's my thought. So I, I, that's a lot nicer than I thought what was going to happen. I was thinking that maybe the dad was the one with the insider information as a scribe that he's been picking up on this. Well, untel. the dad left her the book. And remember, right. he left her a banned book because they didn't have a copy of that book. So he definitely knew what was happening. And then after Brennan died, he got so ill and couldn't deal with the death that he had like a heart attack or whatever and died. Um, I'm going to use quotation marks every single time I say the word die because who fucking knows who's going to come back to life if Brennan No body, no death. Minus Liam because we actually watched him die. So, and I think that maybe him and the wife were at odds with each other and so he went undercover or he had his son go undercover. But I also like the fact that you brought in the general and said that, you know, she's probably good in playing the game. I think... (sighs) I think mm-hmm. it's possible. I think she might have had to have a rude awakening. I do think the dad is possibly dead because it would be too, like, convenient. Lame. Yeah. That being said, I do think the mom has, like, a longer, like, she has a long game going. Yeah. yeah. And There's something happening long term there. And we'll have to wait and see. I mean, there's going to be four books for us to find that four information more books, about. Five total. Four, four more books. Quick Can question. we go back to like books being 300 pages if they're going to be this long? I know. Make it easily digestible. Quick question. Did we talk about that Dane has been reading her mind every time he touches her face? No. We did not. We did not. And right. fuck that guy. So we need to talk about that because okay. when they got – we're, we're going to reverse a little bit in time. Reverse, so reverse. after the war games, they meet with the, Reb, the Griffin rebel writers and they make it to their town, which is semi-abandoned, semi-not. I think there was supposed to be some kind of battle attachment there for them yeah. to partner up with. And so the real like FU of this whole thing was like, we're not going to, you're not going to have that extra support. It is you guys on your own deciding, are you loyal to Navarin or are you going to, you know, rebel and save these people, which is outside of our commands. And the reason why they kind of got screwed with not actually having a full battalion at this post where they were supposed to go meet up with people is because Dane had been reading Violet's mind the entire time. So we learn early on that Dane can read people's mind. This is his signet power that he gets from his dragon. Now, it is believed that he has to touch them, touch, touch their face. Right, their face. I think. Mm-hmm. He's like, I have to touch your face. That's what she tells him. And the only time that he confirmed touched her face, I think, was when he kissed her, right? Mm-hmm. I felt like he was giving her, like, general, like, caresses at, throughout the right. entire so book. He, so we never really – the idea. See, I think he lied to her and was like, actually, any time I touch you, I'm able to access your full memories. Because some of the things she had in her head that would have painted Zayden as a rebel, Zayden's rebelling. Zayden is doing all these things she would not have had at the point of the kiss. So it leads us to believe that anytime he touched her, he was accessing her memories without consent and just going through them, which he then fed the information to his dad, who then recreated this whole war games to 
specifically paint them in a bad situation to kind of get rid of this rebel situation mm-hmm. once and for all. Because as we know, also, Dane hates Zayden. And when Zayden... Also, oh, go ahead, Hello. I was going to say, that also assumes, though, that, like, they didn't already know that Zayden was up to something. Correct. But because he was so talented, they hadn't like taken action against him i don't know obviously we'll have to find out i think they were always looking for him they were just waiting for the other shoe to drop but even dane like the red flag for me was when zayden came and was like violet you're coming with me on my mission and not going with your squad and dane was like fighting he's like no she's within my squad she's staying with me and then he kind of was like fine if that's going to be your choice go you can tell that he had accepted something and he knew something was going to happen and i was like you asshole and also, throughout I, yeah. this entire point, Dane has babied her and her abilities, and Zayden has empowered her in her abilities. And so every time we thought he was reaching out as a friend, giving her a hug, giving her an encouraging, you know, pat on the back, we thought no, wait, this was there was no encouragement at all. It was, it was just belittling. Yeah. Well, yes. Yes. His his version of encouraging or protecting Comfort. her. Comfort. Yeah. yeah. Right. And every time we thought he was like giving her a hug or like a little rub on the back or anything like that actually could have been him accessing her memories and getting and and spying on everyone else really which is a gross violation on many levels but mostly because they've been friends since they were so little and this is the ultimate betrayal when she thought she was heartbroken and betrayed by satan this is this is far worse so that's why we're giving major side eye to this man fuck that guy dane you pain wow throwing out the poetry here yeah well you know (laughs) Doing what I can after a full glass of wine. <laughs> uh, so that concludes all of part two of Fourth Wing, the book that flew into our lives, and now we eagerly wait for book two to come out in November. Before Which we is go, like Flame Wing or something, Flame Section. What? Iron Flame. Iron <laughs> Flame. It's like, what are you trying to tell me? <laughs> like, I know there's a flame in there. It's like, are you the one drinking the full <laughs> glass of wine? No, but I had a kettle one botanical vodka spritz so if you're drinking along with us cheers to you because we finished fourth wing and we liked it we're eager to see what happens next and we're in for the long haul baby because this bad boy is five books so four more to go say we don't have a choice that's why we're in for the long haul (laughs) i hope she publishes them with like a somewhat good frequency between like Like, i don't want to go quickly yeah like i don't want to go years between books three and four and five you know what i mean I have Talking faith that you, she's gonna. Sarah. Yeah, ooh, shots fired. I have faith that she's gonna pump them out really quickly because she just dropped this book at the beginning, like within the first quarter of the year, and yeah. now her second book is coming out at within the, the end same of the year. year. Yeah, so two books in one year. I have hope that we'll get this wrapped up by twenty twenty five. Five. I'm thinking like mid twenty twenty five. We'll be good to go. Yeah, another year and a half. Just wild to think. But come Two along years. with us till the year 2025 when we can finally wrap up the series. <laughs> um, so before we go, a couple quick shout outs we want to give uh, to Paige B on Spotify. Um, as you guys know, we put up some Spotify questions on there. So Paige answered and said she will not forgive Dane for causing Liam's death because he knew everything and set them up for this fall. You know, I didn't even blame him for the death, but now that you mentioned it, I see the connection and now I hate him even more for it. Yep. Thank you, Paige. 
Uh, we also want to give a quick shout out to Sophia on Spotify, who knew that Bryce had landed in Perinthia, even when she read about Asriel's scarred hands, which is actually very good. I think I picked up on that as well, but Sophia girl, eagle eye, reading it out. Also, a quick shout out to Kendra on Spotify. Lots of Spotify friends who say, LOL, heck no, to Tamlin having a redemption arc, which Kendra, Damn. do it for the plot, girl. Can- Let's see what happens. If, Ke- if if Tamlin and Dane are on the same level, Ooh. then I agree with Kendra. I, I don't know if they're on the same level yet. I don't know. They're kind of there. <sighs> I'm Tamlin's a little bit worse. Okay. Is Tamlin a little bit worse? We'll see. No, I think actually Dane might be a little Dane? bit worse. I don't know. I don't uh. know. They're both uh, fuck that guy. We have to figure. Maybe this is a question we'll put up. Who's it's worse? Like the blonde and the honorary blonde. <laughs> the fake blonde. <laughs> oh man. Also, would love to give a quick shout out to Jess Chem. Jess Chem. Jess, Jess Chem. On Apple for leaving us a wonderful review that has validated Hilda's Leo Moon. You have no idea. So we will happily be your friends to talk smutty books with, uh, and slide into your DMs. Or slide our DMs and we'll talk to it all day. All day, girl. What do you want to talk about? Before we know, before we end, we just want to talk on a more serious note. A uh, longtime listener and friend of the podcast, Renee, lives in Vermont, and they have had a record rainfall and massive flooding to her area. We are people who live in Florida and have dealt with hurricanes throughout our time and know how stressful these weather events can be. And we're very happy and to say devastating. Luck- and devastating yeah. to not just you, but your town. It, it takes a while to come back from these things. Uh, luckily, she's safe. But for many people in her area, they have lost a lot. So she sent us some info on the Stratton Community Foundation's Relief Fund. We're going to post that in the show notes. So if you're interested in helping, they are a great organization to donate to. So consider this your $1, $5 karma piece that you're putting out to better the world. Um, let's do our best to support others. If not this, then let's find another way to support those in need. And we think of our dear friend Renee as they rebuild. So on that note, we'll be back with the latest installment from the Twisted Sisters, their bridging book. So the book between books eight and book nine, book 8.5, called Beyond the Veil. We read it. Maybe so you don't have to. But you can two thirds of us. I would well. One of us has read it. One is in the middle of it, and one of us has given up. We will discuss. <laughs> you, I think that I think it may shock you as to who finished it and who did not. Because Actually, yes. one of us didn't even try. No, no, no. The one of us um, definitely opened the Kindle <laughs> and attempts, read a page. Attempts were made, but we'll be back. Um, with Beyond the Veil, a uh, continuation of the Zodiac Academy series. And if you're like, what Zodiac Academy? Girl, man, boy, whoever you are, dear listener, we've got a solid, what, 10 episodes on Zodiac Academy? So A lot. Whew, hop on over to those and catch up and then join us in Beyond the Veil. But that's it from us tonight, and we'll catch you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.